thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. From the top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us for Jesus the Healer. We invite you to go ahead and get your Bible, get a notepad, get a pen, and follow along with us and become a student. We've got some that have joined us here in the studio audience. You may hear some amens from them today. So uh, we're just glad that you're joining us. Um, the last several episodes we've been teaching on the mind. When uh, I was looking to the Lord about what direction to start with, he uh, told me, teach on the mind. You want to know why? Because every one of us got to deal with it. Right. <laughs> and and uh, every one of us must become skillful in our thought life. Um, people don't realize how important many times uh, it is to be skillful in the thought life. We talk about becoming skillful at our job skillful to drive a car, skillful to do other activities. But I tell you what, to be skillful in the thought life is going to parent so many things in your life. The Bible tells us and the Word shows us that in Christ we have so many blessings that already belong to us. Healing, prosperity, victory, peace, joy, all these blessings that belong to us. But one of the things that we can't leave out of our inheritance that belongs to us in Christ is a sound mind. And I tell you what, just as you have to use your faith for healing, you got to use your faith for prosperity, you have to use your faith on your mind. And uh, because we don't want to be walking by everything we feel that comes against our minds, we have to, by faith, apply the word to the thought life. Um, although the blessings of God belong to us, if we don't do something with our thought life, it can hinder the flow of those blessings. Not of God giving it, but us receiving it. Right. God's uh, never withheld any blessings, but if we think wrong, it will hinder us yes. from receiving of the blessings. And so that's why it's so important that we address the thought life. Um, the way you think is going to affect the way you believe. The way you believe is going to affect the way uh, you speak. The way you speak is going to affect how you live. That's right. And so right thinking is going to end you up in right actions. And so it's so important that we think right. I want us to, to go back to, we've been going in the previous episodes to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I want us to read that together. You find it in your Bible and read along with us. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. The King James says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. So notice what fear comes to do. It comes to challenge yeah. the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Yeah. 
fear is in opposition to those things. So fear will come against the mind. I love something now. A brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, was the spiritual father to my husband and I for many years before he went home to be with the Lord. And I love something that he told about a story that happened in his life. He was, um, he was, I, I, he didn't get specific about the test that had come against him, but he said there were troubling thoughts that kept bombarding his mind. And he was walking through just the main room of his house one day. And he said, the devil said, look at you. You're in fear now. I've got you. Now notice, he said, look, you're in fear now. I've got you. And Brother Hagin said he looked down at his hands and he said his hands were physically shaking. Why? Because what the devil had suggested was affecting his, the body, the way his body was even responding. And I love something, Dad Hagen, how he answered that. The devil said, look, I've got you because now you're in fear because his hands were shaking. And he said, devil, he said, my hands may be shaking, but my spirit is the real me and my spirit's not shaking. Amen. <laughs> that's what we talk. That's what we mean by faith yes. that we protect and we guard our thought life. We use our faith because we have to understand that our bodies are not the real us. Um, I want to read before I go into that direction any further, I want to read what the Amplified Translation says of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God's not given us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. But He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So anything that comes that tries to take your mind out of calmness is to be resisted. Anything that comes to try to take your mind out of peace is to be resisted. Amen. You don't have to roll that thought, that troubling thought over in your mind to see if it's right or not. If it, if it, if it moves you out of calmness, moves you out of peace, instantly re resist it, reject it. And anything we don't resist has the permission to stay. So if we don't do our part of resisting, that the word tells us resist the devil and he will flee. Yes. And, uh, but if we don't resist, he won't flee. Right. And that's why many times uh, people don't know how to handle wrong thoughts or troubling thoughts that come against the mind. And so the enemy just stays there and just bombards the mind, almost like machine gun bullets coming at the mind, those thoughts coming at you. And uh, you have to learn how to how to take your stand and resist in the face of that. Now, I, I made this statement uh, when we're talking about um, that you are not a body. Right. You, every one of us, we are a threefold being. And uh, we are a spirit. That's the, that is uh, that is what is created in the image of God, our spirits. God is a spirit. He made us as spirit beings. That's why we can come into fellowship with Him because we're in His image. We're in His likeness. We're a spirit being like He is a spirit being. So we are a spirit. The spirit, the spirit of you, you don't see. And you can't, no one else can see it. But you can see the effects of it dominating you. Right. And so you are a spirit. 
you have a soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. But you are not a soul. Right. You are a spirit that has a soul. Amen. But you live in a body. Don't let what you live in dictate how you live. Because the body can feel things. The devil will make sure that you can feel things with the body. Now, remember what I was saying about Dad Hagen. When his hands were physically shaking, that was his body, not his spirit. But see, because he thought right. And he knew, I'm a spirit being. And my spirit's not shaking. So I don't take my cues from my body. I take my cues from my spirit. In your spirit is a, is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You have a sound mind. And so no matter what the body feels, don't let the body dictate what you believe and how you think. Amen. And so know this, when you were born again at the new birth, when you received Jesus, you say, well, how do I get born again? Well, the word says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Basically, you agree with what he has paid the price that he has paid the price for your sin, you, you agree with that say, I believe that. I receive that. Uh, so you're born again. The moment you receive Jesus into your heart, you get a brand new spirit. Amen. God does not heal the old spirit. Yeah. You get a brand new spirit. Why? Because in the old spirit was death. But in the new spirit, the nature of God the life of God Amen. is in that new spirit. You get a new spirit and that happens in a moment. The instant you believe and receive him, you become a new creature in Christ. Not a healed creature. He doesn't heal the spirit. He gives you a new spirit. You become a new creature in Christ. So it only took a moment. And God is the one who gave you a new spirit. You didn't do that. God did that. He gave you by the Holy Ghost. He made you a new creature in Christ. He gave you a brand new spirit. That happens instantaneously. Now, the only thing is, he did that with our spirit, but then we have now the soul and the body that's still left. And we are the ones who do something with the soul and the body. And those things aren't dealt with instantaneously. Those things, it's a process to renew the mind. And it's a process of every day keeping the body under, under the dominion of the spirit. So the new birth is instantaneous, but the renewing of the mind is a gradual process. It's not done overnight, but it's something, it becomes a lifestyle, a way of us dealing with our thoughts, uh, addressing, paying attention. You know, this is so critical. Pay attention to what you're thinking about. I've done this. Have you ever done this that maybe you're going to have to address a problem, a situation, or somebody that you work with, or somebody that works under you, or somebody that works over you, and you've got to deal with a, a situation, and on the way driving to that meeting, you think, okay, if they say this, I'm going to say that. And if they say this, then I'm going to answer that. We play out whole scenarios up here, right? And if you're not careful, you can go to that meeting. You're already half mad by the time you got there because of what you conjured up and what you allowed yourself to think on. Pay attention to your thought life. Thoughts that rob you of peace. 
practice resisting those. How do you resist them? You talk to them, you say, that's not my thought. Answer it. That's not my thought for the word says, and then you say what the word says about that. You cannot outthink wrong thoughts. You have to speak against wrong thoughts. You don't deal with wrong thoughts with thoughts. You deal with them with words because it's God's word that won't return void. So whenever wrong thoughts come, you say God's word to them. Now in Luke chapter four, remember when Jesus was, he was led by the spirit into the wilderness and he was led there and it was a season of temptation, not from God, but from the enemy. And every time the enemy would bring us, bring a thought, say a thought, suggest a thought, and it happened for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus answered by saying, it is written. What was he doing? He took what God said and he said what God said to that thought. Mm -hmm. Now this is what a renewed mind does. This is what a disciplined mind does, is it takes what God says and answers that wrong thought Mm -hmm. with what God says. You don't just think the right thought, you speak the right thought. Because the devil would love to hold you in that mental arena. Just you thinking and thinking and thinking. Now don't misunderstand me. As we renew our minds, we do think, but we think faith thoughts. Faith is not in our mind. The faith of God is in our spirit. But we can train our mind to think faith thoughts. And faith thoughts are what we speak to wrong thoughts. So we turn faith thoughts into words and we speak those words. Amen. So we have to realize that this renewing of the mind is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. It is us being diligent day after day. This is the only way we can have a sound mind is to renew our minds. Now you remember what Romans 12 Verse 2 says, it says this, that, uh, that when we renew our minds, we have a transformed life. Yep. Now, the mind, I love something that Dad Hagen, my spiritual father, said years ago. He said, the mind doesn't stay renewed any more than the hair stays combed. <laughs> What's that mean? Every day, hopefully, We all get up and we put our hair back in place. Why? Because throughout the day and the night, hair got out of place. So we get up every day and we put our hair back in place. The circumstances of life try to get a renewed mind out of place. But you get up every day and you further fortify that renewed mind. This means the process of renewing the mind is never done. You're never done and say, oh, I've got it. I'm complete. I'm on top of that. Everything's over. I've got it. No, for the rest of your life, you have to have this divine profession of renewing the mind. And what a privilege. You know, the world and those who are, who are without God would love to know what right thoughts are. They don't even know what right thoughts are. They, they only have what the news tells them or what their family told them. We have as our thought life what God says. My goodness. I mean, the Bible is the thoughts of God written down so that you'll know what right thoughts look like, what right thoughts are and what right thoughts do. 
So daily, we have to fortify for the rest of our life. We have to keep the mind in check. Amen. Amen. So you have to pay attention. What am I thinking about? Because you can be thinking uh, that now the enemy will suggest wrong thoughts. Those thoughts come against the mind from outside. He's not in you. If you're born again, he's not in your spirit. Mm -hmm. So these thoughts of fear, these thoughts of doubt, thoughts of worry don't come up from your spirit. They come from outside against the mind. And so uh, you have to pay attention. Are you letting those in? How do you let them in? You're turning them over. You're listening to what he's saying. You're turning those thoughts over and over and in your mind. That's how you let it in. So we have to pay attention. What are we letting into our thought life? Now, I want to go back to Romans chapter 12, but I want to start with verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, this is the King James translation. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, one translation said, which is your spiritual worship. So how we handle our body. Now, this verse is talking about how we handle our body. How we handle our body is a form of worship. Mm -hmm. See, thank God when we come to church or we're at home and we're listening praise music and we worship God or we praise God and we lift our hands, that is one form of worship. But what you allow your body to do, what you do with your body is also a form of worship. Amen? Amen. And uh, then verse 2 goes on and says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, verse 1 is dealing with the body. It's telling us what we do with our body. Verse 2 is telling us what to do with our mind. Now, remember what I said earlier, is that God already did something with our spirit. He gave us a new spirit, but it's up to us to do something with the body and with the mind. God's not going to do something with your body. God's not going to do something with your mind. He gave you the resources, the resource of his word to draw on and the instruction of to know what to do with your body and the mind. But you are the custodian of your body. You're the custodian of your mind. You're the steward of it. And so if you don't do something with your body, God can't because he put that under your stewardship. And people are waiting for God to do something with their body. You have to do something with your body through the Word. He gave us this, His Word to, to help us to know what to do with our bodies. And He's not going to do something with your mind. You have to do something with your mind. And you have to renew it. Now, these two things are listed. Look at this again. The first thing He says in verse 1 is submit your bodies to God. Well, what does that mean? How do you submit your body to God? Well, before we were born again, we submitted our body to sin. Right. We submitted it to wrongdoing. If our body wanted to do something, we'd just go do it. Right? Uh, because we were submitting it to the desires of the body. But here we submit it to God. Oh, what's that mean? That means that now we submit and yield to Him so that He can have our body as His vessel. That he flows through the vessel of our body. Amen. Amen. 
So you don't want to be one moment submitting it to sin and the next moment submitting it to God. No, no, we submit it to God is what it says. So the wrongdoing that the body wanted to do before we were born again, now it wants to do it after we're born again. We say, no, you don't. No, I'm not using my body for that anymore. I used to use my body for that, but not anymore. Now it's submitted to God. And then the second thing in verse 2 is a renewed mind, which is what we've been talking about, to bring our thoughts into agreement with God's Word. We take on God's thoughts. If we had a way of thinking that contradicted or was in opposition to the way God thought, that means we're done with that way of thinking now. We, we choose to take on God's way of thinking. Why does God tell us to do something with our bodies and something with our minds? Because he knows that a submitted body and renewed mind is the greatest defense we could ever have against the devil. I tell you what, when your body is submitted to God and your mind is renewed with his word, the devil has no open door. He can't get in. He cannot deceive you. He cannot, he cannot lead you into sin because you don't cooperate with the wrongdoing whenever you have a body submitted to God and a mind that's being renewed with the Word. Amen. Now, I want you to turn with me, if you would, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to start reading in verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. Now, I want to go back to this statement that I made. God knows that a submitted body and a renewed mind are your greatest defenses against the devil. So many times people are, they'll come to their pastor or they'll come to a fellow Christian and say, would you pray with me? I'm having problems with the devil. Well, what do we need to address with your body or your mind? That's the question. What way of thinking are you yielding to that's an open door to the devil? Or what are you doing with your body? Where are you taking it? Um, But so many times people want to put it off on the devil when really if we would hold our bodies submitted to God and bring our minds into, into, into right thinking with the word, the devil has no entrance. Now just because the devil comes doesn't mean he has to get in. Right, that's right. Wrong thoughts come. Wrong desires come, but it doesn't mean that they have to get in. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, now this is Paul writing. And how many of you know Paul was uh, the leading apostle during his day? And God used him to bring revelation to the body of Christ. Half of the New Testament was written through the apostle Paul. And this is what Paul said about his body. He said, I keep under my body. I bring it in subjection. Well, what's he bring it in subjection to? His spirit. Mm-hmm. Meaning he brings, he makes sure that his spirit is dominating his body and not his dominant, his, his body dominating his spirit. So he said, I keep under my body. He keeps it into subjection. He keeps it in subjection to his spirit. Then he says, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. What's he mean by that? You can know the right thing to do. And he he said, I preach the right thing to do. But he said, but if I don't do the right thing with my body, even what I preach won't help me. He has to do the right thing with his body. Just because you know it, just because you preach it, doesn't mean your body's automatically dealt with. You have to deal with your body. Notice this great apostle who had a great faith and much revelation from God, 
his body still wanted to do wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's, that's just part of what we'll have to deal with as long as we're in this earthen vessel. The body will want to do wrong, but you are authorized to say, no, I'm not yielding my body anymore to wrongdoing. Amen. What if somebody has a, a bad habit, a bad physical habit, an addiction, something that's bound them, something that holds them and drives them? They can answer that. And I mean, that's something that their body craves. What do you do? You say, no, I refuse to yield to that habit. I refuse to yield to that addiction. I'm free from it in Jesus' name. When did that happen? When you got born again. He made you free. But the thing is, people feel the drive in the body of that addiction. Um, when we put a bad habit in place, the devil will energize it. But you remove the habit and he's got nothing to energize whether it's drinking, drugs, smoking, porno, anything like that that becomes an addiction. If we remove that, then the devil's got nothing to energize there. And how do you remove it? You say, I no longer submit my body. I will not use my body for that anymore. My body, I submit it to God. You do that by faith. Even when the body feels like it wants to do wrong, by faith you say, no, you don't, body. I submit it to God. When you do that, you close the door to the devil. God cannot submit your body for you. <laughs> you have to submit your body for yourself. Likewise, God cannot renew your mind for you. You renew your mind. And when you do, the, dev the, the door is closed to the devil. I tell you what, we are not left to live being driven. No longer driven by addictions and habits and bondages, anger issues and, you know, impatience issues. No longer driven. Now we're led. We're led by the word. We're led by God. God doesn't get behind and drive people. He gets out in front and leads. And the more closely we follow his lead, the more accurately we live. Amen. Well, we're going to keep teaching along this line. So you want to join us next time because this is such a vast subject. There's so much that can be said and needs to be said. And, and we will say some things and it will help you. Amen. But I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of God that's present on the inside of each and every believer that's watching today. And I say, be free in Jesus' name. Be free from habits. Be free from bondages. Be free from addictions. And we thank you, Father, that your anointing and your power is in us to enable us to live as you have authored for us to live in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to let you know that we've been teaching out of my book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. Listen, we invite you, get hold of this. Feed on it. Read on it. Uh, soak in it. Because it takes time to make changes, but if you'll stay with it, the changes will be evident. And the more you give yourself to it, the quicker it happens. You can get hold of it at DufresneMinistries.org. And we want to know until next, we want to let you know till next time, remember Jesus is the healer. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org.
The timeless truths in this book answer it, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at defrayministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Defrain Ministries for making this production possible.